Your people do not walk in the sands of blood. Relax, E.T., I'm looking for the Mutado. Go back to Earth. But I am the bravest of my race. I wish they'd have too much mouth. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Who Are You? It's a Babylon 5 watchcast by two friends who are getting to know each other over the show Babylon 5. I am Laura. And I'm Jafer. And today I get to ask Jafer the question. Jafer, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Do you know who I am? I noticed you changed it a little bit there. I did. I didn't intend to. Yeah. No, no, it's good. Because, I mean, <laughs> really, we're not strangers anymore. We were when we started this. But now it's uh -huh. been months, months on months. This is so. our season one evolution. We're now yeah. friends. There we are. Congratulations. <laughs> it happened. We're friends now. It's podcast official. So who am I? I touched on this a little bit last week, so I figured it was appropriate to follow up on. I was actually planning on saving this for later, but then I watched okay. this episode. And mm. I feel like it's appropriate for this episode. Okay. So I am a hobbying mixologist. Uh, I would never call myself a mixologist to be absolutely clear because I think that's pretentious as shit, but it does communicate that I like making cocktails and other things of the nature, alcoholic or otherwise. So I guess it's the word. So yeah, I, I really enjoy making all kinds of fun cocktails. Usually when I host a party, I will make some themed cocktails for whatever the evening is mm. at my work. We used to do happy hours back in the before times. <laughs> and I was kind of the like guy who helped serve beer. Even like when I had first started there before I was like a member of the management team or anything, I helped serve beer because they needed someone to kind of step up and do it. And I had apprenticed at a brewery when I was in college. I talked about that when I talked about home brewing right. a number of episodes ago. So that kind of put me in the position when we went remote to go, hey, you, you know how to make a couple cocktails, right? And I'm all like, yes. They're like, could you record a little like virtual happy hour thing where you show people how to make cocktails before we do whatever virtual work event we're doing? Sure can. So I recorded a handful of these. I've actually got them unlisted on YouTube right now. Oh, nice. I don't know that I'll share the link publicly because I do talk about a little bit of work stuff it's, in there. Yeah, if it's work it's stuff, I It's kind of a yeah. line. But yeah, so I do that. I've made all kinds of fun cocktails. I have a handful of kind of like signature drinks that I make. My favorite is a raspberry gin sour. Mm. It's like my, my go-to cocktail, or at least was for a bit. I have a like instant infusion set up. I do, I'll do long-term infusions of my own alcohols. I'll do instant infusions where I use uh, nitrous cartridges and pressurize a container to basically do like a two or three month infusion in about three to five minutes. Wow. That's speedy. Yeah. And it's real good. It's really nice for things with like fresh herbs or flavors that are like would spoil. Like if it was something that you would put in a container for a month and it would be gross after a month. Yeah. <laughs> you can do those kind of uh, infusions that way. And so I've done all kinds of stuff. 
all kinds of cocktails. It's just a lot of fun for me. I'm not a particularly heavy drinker, but I enjoy making cocktails for people a mm-hmm. lot. I could go on for forever about cocktail history is super interesting to me. It's intrinsically linked to the history of sailing. Oh, yeah. The first what we consider to be a cocktail was the El Drake, named for named for Sir Francis Drake, mm. who originated it. And it's basically the mojito. Oh, and those are delightful. Yeah. Yeah, it was just one of the first things. A lot of it is sailors would have to drink tonic water Uh when going into like South America. Malaria land. Malaria lands. Yeah. Or Africa. And it'd be a whole thing wherever they had the malarias. And so these tonic waters, not our current tonic waters today, are Uh not traditional tonic waters. It's the quinine that's missing, right? The quinines, you can get tonic water with quinine. There's a handful of other things as well. Quinine is in the main medical ingredient, uh-huh. which I usually, I get Q-tonic, which has uh, quinine uh, when I make a gin and tonic. And then I also have some chiawasa, chiahuawasa, bark extract, which is another common ingredient of the time. Mm-hmm. And I'll like, I drop her a little bit of that into my gin and tonics usually because I like the flavor and it's a more traditional experience and Mm-hmm. That's one for me, but it was really a way for sailors to like avoid malaria and scurvy. And also traditionally, uh, especially British sailors would receive something called a tot as part of their daily food supply. It was considered part of their payment, a tot being a shot of rum. Uh, yeah, okay. Also, this is where the term proof comes from. Because when they would crack a barrel of rum, when you've got, when you're barrel aging something, wood is porous, you will lose alcohol to evaporation over time. And if it is under 100 proof, it could theoretically spoil. Hmm. Right? Now, with modern stuff, it's not really a concern. Everything's very sterilized. It's not really an issue. But when you've got open baskets, you know, not open baskets, but you've got barrels on the open waves, you know, in the ocean, mm-hmm. and you're sailing, and there's all kinds of crap. Yeah. Who knows what else is going on in your stores? Who knows the sanitary level of the decks? Oh, all kinds of problems, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And so it was very important that the rum be strong enough to survive. And so the, it's called proof because they would have to prove that it was strong enough to survive in the wilds. And the first thing they do is they'd pull a shot and light it on fire, which uh-huh. will not happen if an alcohol is under 100 proof. Oh, okay. Got it. This is also why you'll sometimes see rums labeled sailing proof and they're like 120 or up. Oh, cute. And because this is kind of part of my identity, I've made friends in different bartending circles. I bartended a handful of weddings. Sometimes I was invited to bartend. Sometimes I just end up bartending. Uh, It happens quite a bit. But because I have this kind of a reputation and I've made some weird drinks with some weird stuff, when someone sees something and they're all like, I don't know what good this is for, but I know someone who will find a good use for it. They gift it to me. Okay. And that's what I've got sitting next to me right now. Okay, I was wondering when we were getting to that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now I'm supposed to guess. If you want, you don't. You don't have to. What it you, is? Yeah. What I what I've got sitting next to me right now. Okay. So you just told me a bunch about cocktails. I did. But you said that it wasn't going to be related to what you talked about, or not directly. Tangentially yeah. related. Tangentially related. You also said it's related to today's episode. Oh, did I? Mm, you're paying attention. Uh-huh. Boy. 
That's a thinker. So did, did you make a cocktail for this episode? That was what I was leading you to guess. I, yeah. That is not the case. <laughs> Damn. Why don't we get into the episode? Let's, let's get into the episode. And when the time is right, hmm. I'll, I'll bring it out. Okay, okay. That's an interesting, interesting way to segue into our yeah. episode. Let's do that, though. Let's let's talk about Babylon 5 Season 1, Episode 18, TKO. TKO. We open on the first White Star of the series. Mm-hmm. That's a little joke. It's a cargo ship, but it's named the White Star, which is fun because that's important for later. Yeah. Fun Easter egg for later, y'all. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you really like a name for something, you use it a couple of times. I mean, just copy paste a little bit. I get it. It's fine. Yeah. I will uh, say forever ago, before Elon Musk bought Tesla, uh-huh. I was super interested in them because all their cars were named like Red Star, right? Or whatever. <laughs> and they were going to do a White Star. I mean, I would have been all over it. Yeah. I would have been all over that. 100%. I was ready to buy a White Star. <laughs> and then Elon Musk came in and it became the Model S. It was just That's lame. lame, lame, lame. Well, this White Star has a couple passengers that are disembarking, and one is Rabbi Koslov, and, mm-hmm. and the other is Walker Smith, and they are getting off at Space TSA. They've had a conversation on the, I almost said plane, <laughs> on the Starliner, it seems like, uh, and they seem pleased that they had that conversation and got to know each other. So that's yeah. a nice touch. Yeah, uh, they have, a, you know, a little bit, uh, Walker Smith, we tease a little bit of his mysterious past, TM, TM, TM. Mm-hmm. There's also a fun little fact about Walker Smith himself. That is the real name of boxer Sugar Ray Robinson. That's what they named the character after. Yeah. I don't remember if you mentioned that to me last time or if my husband mentioned that to me, but someone had already told me that. (laughs) I did not bring it up last time. I did not know that myself. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and just mention here that I did like a deep dive on all of the guest actors in this show in this yeah. episode because did you good I did. because i did not <laughs> okay well i did and they're all very interesting and most of them are not alive <laughs> including yeah. this this gentleman who played walker smith he died pretty young 42 i think mm-hmm. and not the exact same day same year but the same day as sugar ray robinson no way yep oh, you said you didn't do a deep dive <laughs> that was that was very, that was with my normal notes. I didn't look into the actors that much. Wow, if that was okay. not presented to me with the he was named after, I would not have known it. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Anyway, I'll mention more about them when we get farther in. But I mm-hmm. just wanted to say I, I put some effort into them because I found all of them very interesting. So Okay. Well, Walker and Garibaldi talk and we get a little bit of Garibaldi is full of shit to commercial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when we come back, could you go ahead and scrub to three minutes and 39 seconds for me? I think I know exactly what you're getting at. Hold on. There's a bar. Uh-huh. Pretty standard bar, right? Can you, you look darts. at the background of that bar? I see darts. Do you see a sign in the back of that bar? That's right. Space Zima. I was one second off. And so oh. I had to scroll back a second because it's not at 340, friends. It's at 339. Yeah. Zima is still around in the future, guys. <laughs> and it's right here. Oh. As I mentioned, people will give me things sometimes. I've had this for about five years. This is from the re-release of Zima in 2017. I've never tried it. <sighs> I have no idea what it tastes like. I've been kind of, it's been a joke on my bar for years. Uh-huh. So now it's a joke on this podcast and we're going to go ahead. All right. I want to hear it. 
What is Zima? What is Zima? <laughs> it tastes like it's gone bad. Or it smells like it's gone bad, I should oh, say. Oh, no. Be... It smells a little... Well, don't put your health in danger. <laughs> mm. No, that tastes like... Um... Swishing it around, everyone. <laughs> well, it is, it. it is a citrus beverage, as it is labeled. I don't know that it is refreshing. That's not good. <laughs> that is not good. I understand why you went out of business. Is it not good because it sat for five years or you think it just wasn't good? I don't see. There's like nothing floaty in the bottle or yeah. nothing. That is the typical like sign of vinegaring. There's no like mother vinegar cloud in this. It's very clear. Did you say it was refrigerated or not? I chilled it before drinking it just okay, now. But it wasn't kept refrigerated for five years. No. Okay. Just curious. Okay. Yeah, it's got kind of a a terrible aftertaste. Yeah. <laughs> it tastes like a very bad Smirnoff ice that is not as sweet. Mm. That's apparently what we like in the future, guys. Get ready. So this was not sponsored, by the way. <laughs> uh, they found this sign, and JMS put it up completely as a joke. Because, and I quote, like, Zima's going to make it to 96, let alone the 2260s. <laughs> I think it must have made it past 96 though right I don't I don't know when they stopped making it I don't but... know I mean that was all before my drinking years so I was not mm -hmm. clued in <laughs> okay well that will be an empty bottle joke sitting on top of my bar soon mm -hmm. but that is uh that is not good this is what the listeners come here for, the antique booze reviews. Right? <laughs> Surprise. Where else can you get that with your Babylon 5? Tell me that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> After the scene in the bar, uh, we oh. got two. Oh, did you have more for the bar? I'm oh, sorry. I have more for the bar. Did Go you ahead. not catch the Total Recall reference? I did. I did catch their... the Total Recall reference, yeah. <laughs> they're having their conversation about the other place where the waitresses all had three mm, <laughs> mm -hmm. and I'm pointing at my chest everybody because that's exactly what they did in the episode <laughs> yeah and I I looked this up too I was like hmm is this referencing total recall or is it referencing something else and this did come out after total recall so I made sure it's definitely mm -hmm. referencing that oh and of course Smith also hassles Garibaldi about his drinking I think yeah. we get Several episodes here in a row where everyone hassles Garibaldi about his drinking past. It's good. That's good for alcohol. Keeps him on right? his toes, right? <laughs> yeah. Constantly remind him of the pain that he's been through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's yeah. going to help him heal a ton. Yep. After this, we cut to Ivanova reading Harlan Ellison's Working Without a Net. Mm -hmm. Did you did you look into this at all? I did. But I'll Me let you too. deliver this one. <laughs> So this is the planned name for Harlan Ellison's autobiography. Harlan Ellison being a famous sci-fi author and mm -hmm. also a consultant on the show. Yep. He had stated he planned to write it around the year 2000 when this aired, but he never wrote it. He did work with a biographer on a book that his notes to write his autobiography eventually became called A Lit Fuse. But mm -hmm. there's something more interesting about the Babylon 5 universe here. This is actually the first point of divergence that we know of because the stuff that happens in the past with alien races doesn't count mm -hmm. in our timeline and the Babylon 5 timeline. Oh, 
Yeah. Okay. Because this book didn't come out in the year 2000. Uh huh. That's the that that's chronologically where the timeline splits. Oh, <laughs> that's it. The year 2000. Yep, over, that was it. Over a Harlan Ellison book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she's reading that Harlan Ellison book when Rabbi Koslov arrives at her door. She's very delighted to see him. He was friends with her father, and he was entrusted with her legacy when her father died. It's Uncle Yassel. Yeah, I looked up the actors because of Uncle Yassel. Yeah. Like, I thought, wow, this man is really too good at being a rabbi. Could he, was, <laughs> was he actually a rabbi? Mm-hmm. Uh, was he? But he was not. I, or I don't think so. I mean, his Wikipedia is extensive. Theodore Bickel, I'm not sure how you say it, was a Austrian Jew. He was born in Austria in 1924, which was probably ah. not a great time. Yeah. To be in Austria and be Jewish. And he and his family fled, I think, they went to Mandatory Palestine, it says, which I had never known that that was a name. Hmm. But no, he he had like an extensive folk song career that included lots of Russian folk songs. Ah. So even though he was Austrian by birth, went to Mandatory Palestine, went to London to study theater, didn't go back to Israel when the war happened there. He also had this extensive music career that he just knew, like, I think it said he he'd sung in like 20 languages or something. Wow. With, I think, albums of Russian folk songs. He produced music and, and festivals with like Bob Seger and <laughs> Bob Dylan. And he, he was on the board of directors for Partners for Progressive Israel. And Jimmy Carter appointed him to the National Council of the Arts. Oh, wow. And he was just all over the place doing everything. He co-founded a credit union. <laughs> he just sounds like he was a really amazing person. He mm-hmm. must have been maybe the most accomplished person on this episode. And you really see, like, his fatherliness in this character. And I, I believed mm-hmm. him the whole time. He was very good. Yeah. So uh, the rabbi uh, gives Susan... Uh... A little low-key shade for not being able to make it to her father's funeral. Mm-hmm. And it's revealed that she hasn't sat Shiva for him, which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. She insists that she's been too busy. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, let's have dinner. And he tells her for the first time that her father would be very proud. Mm-hmm. And they set a time for dinner. And then we cut to Walker and Garibaldi talking. And we get the backstory on a fight that Walker wouldn't fix. And while they're talking, we are introduced to Mutai, uh-huh. <laughs> which is alien blood sport. Yeah, that is apparently allowed to operate on Babylon 5 for some reason, even though it has killed five people and disabled 10 times that number. <laughs> right. That's a ton. That's a lot of casualties and fatalities. And Garibaldi is letting this happen. <laughs> he is chief of security. <laughs> Very strange to me. This I, this name has to be a reference to uh, Muay Thai. The, like oh, the Muay okay. Thai death match is a thing. It is known. That's huh. what um, 
Jean-Claude Van Damme has a movie series where he competes in these. Okay. <laughs> um, but also they're, I don't know how rooted in reality it is, but mm-hmm. it is, it is a known quantity to me. Sure. The, the Muay Thai uh, death match and Muay Thai. It's just a little too close. Yeah. Especially there's... for what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that doesn't seem a uh, coincidence. Smith seems to believe that winning this Muay Thai will help him get his career back. And he kind of racistly refers to busting a few snake heads. He says that a couple of a times. A couple of times. Uh, it's yeah. not okay. Not a good look, sir. He wants the sports corporation to to take him back, mm-hmm. which I think Sports Corp is a hilarious name. <laughs> <laughs> sports Corp. Yeah. Well, we know what they're about, don't we? Yep. Meanwhile, the rabbi goes to Sinclair to talk about Susan. You know, he was unaware that her father had died. Yeah. Which is that's crazy sad. to me. Mm-hmm. We get some backstory on her brother who died in the Mimbari War, and that's why she joined the service. And her father resented her joining the service because mm-hmm. he feared losing her the same way that they lost their son. Mm hmm. The rabbi asks Sinclair to grant Ivana the leave, which he's just like, yeah, of course. Like, yeah. <laughs> she can go now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then we go to the rabbi and Ivanova having dinner at Fresh Air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interestingly, they're eating a centauri fish, and the rabbi asks if it's kosher. I thought that was cute. <laughs> Apparently, there was a whole written scene discussing like alien fish gills scales and fins and what does and doesn't count to to try and determine if this thing is kosher and it apparently just derailed the episode completely oh when they uh, put it in the cut so they had to take it out but i need to know (laughs) (laughs) damn it damn it that would have been fun ivanova asks how things are at home and the rabbi says if regret could be harvested, Russia would be the world's fruit basket. How do you feel about this right, Al Jafer? Oh, is there some kind of current event going on that would make that line more poignant than normal? <laughs> I gave up on the news. Sorry. Russia is Russia. If regret could be harvested, Russia would be the world's fruit basket. So anyways, the rabbi reveals his meddling. And Ivanova is not happy. Yeah. And she leaves dinner to the commercial. We come back to Walker disrespecting the sensei. Oh, my God. Is this just cringe? You know, you know, because we've watched a lot of TV in our lives that when he's talking to this person, that this is the important person. Yeah, this is the most important person. All persons (laughs) are important, I suppose. The old guy who's hosting, you know, holding judgment over people at the dojo. Mm hmm. Read the room, buddy. You've been in a boxing gym before you got in a boxing ring. That was like this, I promise. Yeah. (laughs) He calls him (laughs) E.T. There's no way that reference survives 2260. I don't know. That's a Spielberg movie, right? (laughs) Yeah. When was the last time, like, just in your life, the last time someone referenced E.T.? Okay, point. Yeah. (laughs) So he knocks Smith out, orders him to leave. Gets banished from the dojo in quick order. 
Yeah. They're back in the in the Zocalo and Smith is stewing about being sent away and Garibaldi chastises him for not respecting the snakeheads, which I was like, finally, Garibaldi says right. something sensible. Yeah. <laughs> it only took 18 episodes. <laughs> Angry uh, Smith storms away. And I just want to point out that I'm a little bit maybe dense and I, I told my husband at this point, I was like, why do we keep saying stroke off? Like, this is a silly <laughs> thing. He's like, because you can't say fuck off on on regular network TV. And I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, Speaking of which, looks like the Babylon 5 reboot was put on a indefinite hiatus right now. No, I, I Pending heard. the sale of the CW. Yeah. I'm really, really hoping this means it ends up on HBO Max. And right. They can just say fuck off. Yeah. Yes. I don't know that I want super edgy Babylon 5 from HBO Max, but just being on HBO Max should be enough. It doesn't need to be mm -hmm. like the Harley Quinn show or something. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need to to take it like Game of Thrones levels of stuff, but Yeah. Yeah. No. I would be okay with it being on HBO Max. Just just give it that peacemaker money. Everybody start you tweeting. Got it. Tweet at <laughs> HBO. <laughs> Pick up B5, do it. Uh, yeah meanwhile uh oh and then uh caliban finds walker and uh -huh. has another way for him to participate in the muay thai of course he does in the muay thai <laughs> so that's a thing meanwhile sinclair calls ivanova to his office to offer his condolences she explains why she couldn't go and he's like okay that was actually kind of an emergency mm -hmm. you know it's a good job for seeing it through to the, your, the service and everything yeah but now it's quiet go now yeah mm -hmm. and she's all like nope Back to duty and Sinclair's just all like nah and I gotta say Michael O'Hare knowing especially that this was later in the season mm -hmm. he acts the hell out of this scene yeah he does real good here Poof. I felt it in watching this scene yeah he has that big commander dad energy you mm -hmm. know some some commanders are very military or very strict but he's got the dad energy he's got the i care about you and i want you to be a healthy person energy mm -hmm. not just be a good commander or be a good subordinate but he cares about her as a person after this scene we cut to walker and garibaldi talking and walker is just lying to garibaldi's face and he knows you can tell he sees right through it <laughs> they're like oh yeah we'll go watch the match that night nothing weird's gonna happen and garibaldi i feel like he's waiting the entire time for the other shoe to drop <laughs> and it does after a couple of fights walker does that thing at weddings where the officiant rhetorically asks if anyone's gonna stop the wedding and everyone's supposed to sit there in silence but he does the thing <laughs> and he's just like his challenge is accepted he'll be the first human to fight in the motai and we get casual death threat to commercial yeah the other aliens are not happy about this and mm -hmm. they are they are wanting to stop walker from making a mockery of their customs and and to be fair i mean up until this point he's called them snakeheads and disrespected their space yeah and no he's been a real shitbag so, so. yeah <laughs> like okay i see your point angry drowsy he's a drowsy isn't he the one who speaks and um there's threats. a drowsy there yeah i don't remember if it was a drowsy yeah. who issues the death threat let's just pretend that for, okay. for now so we come back 
And Rabbi Koslov comes to Ivanova's quarters. <laughs> he delivers her legacy, which is a samovar that's been in their family since the days of the czars. Yeah. It's used to heat water, usually to make tea. I did look up what a samovar was. <laughs> I've actually seen this before in a weird context. And I was like, oh, so those are going to make it to, you know, the Babylon five times. Great. Great. At least this one does. Yeah. He's going to leave tomorrow. He asks <laughs> her one last time if she, she will sit Shiva. And while she appreciates what he's trying to get at, but she's not able to forgive her father. As he, he didn't show his love when her mother was taken away by Sycor. And yeah. she needed somebody to love her, which it's totally fair. Children need love and security. Mm -hmm. The rabbi laments the tragedy is worse than he knew. Mm -hmm. If she cannot forgive, she cannot mourn. If she cannot mourn, she will never heal from the pain. Yeah. Yep. He tries to continue, but she insists on going back on duty and leaves. Mm -hmm. Garibaldi goes with Smith to meet with this Caliban character, who is the only guest actor who's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently the, the actor who is the Mutado mm -hmm. was a big Korean-American actor. Okay. He he was the voice of Mulan's father. Oh, in okay. the original Disney Mulan, or, well, they're both Disney Mulans, but the original one, cartoon, not live action. And he was also in Mash a bunch. I think when I was looking at it, like almost every one of these characters was in Hawaii Five O at some point. Not characters, <laughs> actors. Excuse me, but yeah, he was a big actor. He passed away of Alzheimer's, I think, in 2018. He was 85. Then the actor who plays Caliban, still alive, also in Hawaii Five-0, did, did hmm. these sort of martial arts movies, it looked like. Okay. So they did get a bunch of martial arts actors for this episode because that was one of Gregory McKinney, who played Walker Smith. He was mm -hmm. in several types of those, as was Don Stroud. So hmm. interesting group of people in this yeah. one. Yeah, there's definitely like, I mean, it's not, it didn't feel super like, I I mean, oh, most of my martial arts experience is, you know, I, I've talked about it before, historical European martial arts, you know, the sword mm -hmm. fighting and stuff. And so I don't have a lot of exposure to most what we would consider the traditional martial arts, or at the very least, the normalized martial arts, mm -hmm. regardless of its culture of origin. I've, I've done a little bit of grappling here and there, but not a ton. Mm -hmm. So, but it did feel a lot of the body movement felt right to me. And a lot of that okay. stuff is things that carry over, like the footwork and things. I would not have been able to tell. I assumed it was all great. So <laughs> it didn't feel like, oh, this is actually fighting, but it also didn't feel this is hokey, shitty TV fighting. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the Caliban is going to take on the role of coach. He explains that his last fight was against Gior, who is the, what did they say? Shaolin? Shaolin? It means uh, champion. Shorin. Yeah. Shorin. Shorin. There we go. So I guess we're taking from that that his motive is kind of like revenge. He wants yeah. to coach the person who beats Gior. Mm -hmm. Or at least he's going to try. Yeah. And meanwhile, Ivanova goes to see her uncle off at Space TSA. And decides to sit Shiva after all. Mm -hmm. There's a nice little moment of reflection there. Yeah. I believe he says something again to the extent of your father would be very proud of you. 
And then she remembers her last conversation with her father that changes her mind. So she's going to sit the Shiva and she wants Rabbi Koslov to stay and help her. Yeah. This is really juxtaposed with Walker training further. And we get this, uh, he sees his story on TV, you know, and he kind of builds himself up a little and we get a real feel good 80s thumbs up moment (laughs) where Garibaldi's like, you're the best around and no one's ever gonna take you. like just playing in my head is like this thumbs up freeze frame happens it's really bizarre yeah yeah this this episode when Aaron and I were watching it it was like there's a lot of like songs that you can mm-hmm. feel in this episode yeah <laughs> so Ivanova goes to CNC and mm-hmm. she approaches Sinclair and informs him that she would like to take his offer of leave he grants it and also says hey I want to go be there I would like to be at the Shiva. So it's conducted in Susan's quarters. Sinclair and a small group of extras that we've never seen gather in her quarters. So I assume these Mm -hmm. must be the Jewish community. Yeah. uh, Not her friends. Because we seem to know her friends. Yeah. They turn up to provide support, to pay their respects. Susan is finally able to forgive. I will say I was surprised Franklin wasn't there. Yeah, I mean, he's her friend, right? Yeah, he's just not in this episode at all. True. And maybe he just wasn't around when they were filming this one for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this would have, if he was going to have like 10 seconds in this episode, this is where that 10 second. Yeah. 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 Good call. She tells some stories about her father that mm-hmm. uh, she had a teenage obsession with a neo communist author. I think that's how she described it. Mm hmm. She went to a reading of his and he called her a bourgeois twit. (laughs) (laughs) And her father stood up to him and said that he should have been horsewhipped through the streets of St. Petersburg if he wasn't a man of peace. And so she's finally able to remember some of her father's love, even if it wasn't expressed in words, it was expressed in standing up to mean people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But then we go back to the Mutai fight. Woo! Yep. Uh, They go back and forth for a bit garibaldi stops walker from getting shot by those aliens yeah and then it cuts back to shiva again where ivanova reads a uh, traditional prayer in english so that sinclair can take it in sinclair and the audience yeah (laughs) yeah and she finally cries for her father uh, Mm -hmm. which ends with a hug from sinclair and and the rabbi but we cut right back to the the mutai Yep. As uh, JR would say, this is a real slobber knocker. <laughs> is um, that how they say it? <laughs> uh, he's a wrestling announcer. And sometimes mm. in wrestling, they'll do this thing where they're both exhausted, but still kind of like punching each other, taking turns. Yeah. And that's, that's definitely that, where we're that's at. That's what he says. Usually it's kind of like one of his lines. So, yeah. The Mutado declares this fight a draw because they are mm-hmm. just going back and forth, punching each other. The yeah. crowd starts chanting Gior's name, but Gior mm-hmm. stops them and then leads the, the crowd in chanting Smith's name instead. Yep. And they're both bloodied up. Uh, Gior's blood is like latte foam. I don't understand why, but it's really weird looking. <laughs> My son really enjoyed this fight. He was like, he's bleeding out of his eyes. And I was like, oh boy. <laughs> 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 yeah boys so we go back to it's the following day 
Kozlov bids his farewell to Ivanova and Sinclair. Mm -hmm. uh, he had said to Sinclair when he spoke to him earlier that Babylon 5 was a great miracle. And so he says, take care of this great miracle. And uh, mm -hmm. Sinclair replies to him in Hebrew. And the rabbi is impressed. Mm -hmm. Ivanova says she's ready to go back on duty. And Sinclair says, good, because I'm tired of pulling devil shifts. <laughs> uh, and Ivanova reminds us that Catherine Sakai exists. <laughs> says that she, will, she will remind him of that next time she's around. Yeah. So, <laughs> I've watched three episodes after this. And spoilers, it's not those three yet. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's back in the finale. I think so. I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a bummer. Um, no, I mean, maybe there were longer term. We got a little bit of episode left. Let's get through this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Walker is leaving on the same shuttle out as well. The Mudado says, uh, Walker has brought honor to humans who may now walk the sands of blood and participate in the Muay Yeah. Big moment. Yeah. Now humans can do blood sport with aliens. Cool. Yay. <laughs> can't uh, wait for sports corp to monetize the shit out of that <laughs> you know they will mm -hmm. caliban says he would stand kowtow kow, kowtow i don't kowtow. know he would be his coach if he came back mm -hmm. um, and walker tells garibaldi to watch his back which feels like foreshadowing perhaps i don't know <laughs> that's the episode that's it how'd you feel about this one <sighs> Okay, this may be a controversial move, uh, but I think this is my Babylon one. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> you may completely disagree, and that's fine. Uh, I just don't give two shits about a boxing episode. <laughs> I I don't give two shits about the boxing. I uh, like the Ivanova stuff. I really like the Ivanova stuff. It's a very important uh, build of her character. It fleshes her out a lot as mm -hmm. a person. Ivanova is normally like we've seen a bunch of terrible shit happen to her continuously. Yeah. And it's these kinds of things that allow her to because she's got more shitty stuff coming. Mm -hmm. You know, she's going to suffer further in Babylon 5 because of all of that. She becomes the person that she is at the end. Mm -hmm. And especially in the like post series you know when we find out what she does with her life after everything mm -hmm. without these things she would never be that person and i don't know if i know that her life after things because i haven't absorbed season five like i've only seen mm -hmm. bits and pieces of it so i don't know that i know that yeah i really like the ivanova stuff the Ivanova stuff is enough for me to give this a three out of five Babylons. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. I I figure, you know, the ones, there's got to be a one somewhere. And this one yeah. for me didn't hit very hard. Okay. Um, so I was like, well, we got to have a range. I can't, not everything can be a Babylon three. Yeah. So for me, the boxing plot just did not, did not did land. land for you. Didn't yeah. matter. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and I was like, you know what? This is this is the one. And is it the one? <laughs> Not the one. <laughs> Not the one. <laughs> but it is the Babylon one. And, you know, 
we'll move into seasons two and three and see if those have any down there for me. But I just don't. Mm -hmm. I remember seasons two and three a lot better. And I think that's that, fair. I mean, this is not like I could if the, I were to see this listed as the worst episode of season one, I'd go. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I could see the argument. Mm -hmm. Um. I just, I don't know. I really liked the stuff with Susan in this episode. I thought it was great character building. Yeah. Maybe a, a two and a half, three. I'm going to go with three. Yeah. You, you stay, three. stay with your thing. Yeah. Yeah. You've already, but, uh, I, you've already been down in the one range. You're, you've I've, had that feel. So that's fair. Yeah. All right. Well, next week we have season one, episode 19, A Voice in the Wilderness, part one. Ooh, I love that our part one, part two episode is in a season. It's yeah. not a cliffhanger over a season. Yes, appreciated. Um, it is one that I remember. Mm -hmm. So there's there's good stuff that I, I hung my hat on in that. Yeah. While investigating seismic activity on a supposedly uninhabited planet, Sinclair and Ivanova discover the remnants of a technologically advanced civilization Guarded by a dying alien who threatens to destroy Babylon 5. Yeah, that that uh, little recap fails to mention that the uninhabited planet is the one that they are in orbit around. <laughs> yeah. So it's not just a planet, it's the planet. <laughs> mm -hmm. That big red one that we see in every episode. Very important. Mm -hmm. So that'll be next week. Thanks for tuning in this week. And thanks to Jeremy Siegel at jeremysegal42.bandcamp.com for our theme music. Thanks to Angry Duck Time Machine on Instagram for our artwork. And if you want to reach out to us, feel free to do so. At whoareyoub5 at gmail.com. And you can tell me you knew Zemo was terrible the entire time. <laughs> it's real bad. Yeah. See you next week, Internet. Come on, man, don't be like Stroke that. Stroke off.